You are entering another classroom, one so strange and unfamiliar it is scarcely recognizable as reality. Your next stop ahead, the Oddity Film Society. are still strange and unfamiliar, but at least you got us to listen to. Uh, this week we listened, not listened to, this week we watched Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. Um, we're also going to do a quick recap for No Country for Old Men, which was a podcast we re-recorded uh, a while ago, but there was some audio issues, so we're going to do a quick recap on what we thought. And yeah, I'm Thomas. I'm Anderson. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kewen. Hello. Bev. Cameron. Grayson. And Jack's here too, I think. Uh, So, uh, Thomas, did you say we're going to do... Uh, no Country for Old Men first before news and what we watch? Uh, sure, we can get that out of the way quickly. Okay. Uh, I'd like to apologize. Uh, the uh, We have a recording of our last podcast, but uh, it was only me that was captured. So I could post that if anybody wants to just hear me talk to myself. I thought <laughs> it was riveting. Uh, but uh, our, our old microphone pooched it, and uh, we have a new one right now. I think we need to name it. Uh, we used to have the Silver Pickle, and now uh, I don't know what we're going to call the new one. It's a little smaller. It's uh, a charcoal. What color is it? It's like it's like a dark gray. Very... How about we call it like the dark gray uh, pickle? We'll okay. just keep it going. We'll just. It doesn't have to be a sleek name. It can just be a really <laughs> cumbersome to say name. Well, cumbersome, like a cucumber. What if we stick with the cucumber thing? What if we call it like gherkin? <laughs> yes. We call it the charcoal gherkin. The charcoal gherkin. All right. Perfect. I agree. That's the name. Uh, what is it, does everybody else like that? The charcoal gherkin. Yep. Sour. Okay. So, uh, no country for old men. I I love it. It's it's easily uh, a perfect score for me. I don't think that there's really um, many flaws with it at all. I think it hits almost consistently. And what I, I really appreciate it for is it just seems like a confident movie. It makes some really interesting choices that a lot of other filmmakers, I think, might shy away from, like the, the level of silence and ambient noise and letting things really sort of settle in. The pace is really deliberate, but full of tension. Uh, and I I really value how it leaves the audience unsatisfied. 
And the performances are pretty good too. With uh, Anton Chagurin's, uh like that air compressor thing that he has, mm-hmm. and like the way that he like, like gets into like get like gets into people's houses and all that through like the door. Mm-hmm. It's so like it's so quiet and sneaky, but at the same time, it's so like brutal and forceful. Which is an interesting, like that those two are both combined. Well, and that goes along with the the silence shotgun that he has too, right? Like it, it's it's yeah. pretty vicious. Like it, it takes off somebody's arm, uh, but at the same time, it it's it just like goes poof poof. Mm-hmm. And his character is like that too, right? So like I I think that's a neat observation, uh, because he he doesn't get angry, he doesn't yell, he doesn't scream. Yeah. He also, I don't exactly know what I mean when I say this, but in the beginning when he's strangling that cop, he looks like a monster. Like, I know he's like, you know, he's like a monster of a man because, you know, he's like of like all the horrible stuff that he does. But like just how his face, like his face kind of changes into like this really kind of freaky look if that makes sense mm-hmm. the the contrast of that though is the ridiculous beetle style haircut that he has <laughs> uh beverly what'd you think of no country for old men um i really liked it the only thing i didn't like was that it's like really long so it was hard to sit through but other than that i thought it was really good Jack, no country for men. Maybe we lost Jack. Let's go, Cameron. Um, I didn't like it for the reasons that Anderson liked it, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the best way to put it quickly. Um, but the ending really made me angry. But if I watched it again. And I wasn't so distracted by how much I hated the ending. I think that was Jack trying to figure out his uh, his headphones. So I, I think to recap, Cameron, uh, if you watched it again, you wouldn't feel so frustrated by it? Yes. So do you think on a repeat viewing, you would appreciate it on, on the whole more? I think so because yeah. I like wouldn't just be like watching it I'd be like ex- like knowing what's gonna happen it's like watching The Shining mm-hmm. I think that's like the best movies to do that for is like you know what's coming but like everything that kind of leads up to it you get to like appreciate more but that's my answer I think there's a special kind of movie that gets under your skin yeah and and you think about it and not under your skin in a way like that it's badly made but movies that are are well made but they they raise questions and they they trouble you and they they frustrate you and uh they i think there's something valuable in that too that they could manage to affect you in that way uh grayson did you watch no country for old men uh not yet i didn't i had not gotten that chance to okay uh can you remind us of your thoughts on No Country? Uh, I kind of 
kind of warmed up to it a small bit afterwards, but um, for the most part, I hold the same ideas. I'm still not completely the biggest fan of the ending, but I thought the audio was incredibly well done. Yeah, the sound yeah. design is, is really good in that. If you really uh, like I, sound I, design, I like uh, there's a movie... Uh, called sunshine that you might really like it's, yeah it's pretty good it's kind of sci-fi uh but uh it's i really like that that was a movie that it took me a few viewings to really fall in love with and then and then i did pretty hard okay uh so we're gonna go over what we watched could i just i'm gonna give no country a c plus Ooh. hello hello do I exist now? You do. You sound yeah. lovely. Uh, Jack, uh, we just uh, reviewed our Yeah, sorry from... about that. I was there when you asked, but okay. I was just like, "Am I? are they hearing me? Are they not? We did not. Uh, so what would you have said, or what would we have heard if, uh, if we could have heard? Oh, well, I was talking about... I like the sound design of the movie a lot. Um, it was very... The... The guy was very intimidating. The guy with the silent shotgun. Yeah, sugar. Um, the way he uh, technique he had to blow up the doors because he knew it was going to happen, but it just kind of there were some scenes it gave it provided a lot of good tension. Though mm-hmm. the the movie was kind of long, I felt like it was dragged up for a bit, and. The, the not satisfying ending was an interesting choice, but I kind of liked it for the movie. Okay. And I think it's, for me, probably like like a B plus or A minus around there. Okay. Letter grades for anyone else? I think I had a B plus for it, but I think I would have raised it to an A minus. Oh, okay. So. Bev, what's your what's your grade? Um, I think last time I gave it an A minus, and I probably still sit around there. Okay, Cameron. Uh, B minus. I don't remember what I gave it last time, but I think a B minus is about right for me right now. Okay, I I am a, if I could go higher than an A plus, I I would, uh, but it's uh, high in my esteem, and it it. it Made me feel bad that you guys didn't love it as much as I do, but that's okay. Um, so uh, I'll quickly go through uh, what I watched. There's there's a few things. Um, I watched. Uh, I'm just trying to pull up my list. I watched The Invisible Man, directed by Lee Wannell. Uh It was the recent invisible man came out uh, in 2020 so last year it was pretty good for a horror movie it played into the sort of again like a, a frustrating thing where somebody is claiming that they're seeing and experiencing something but nobody believes them but the tension is is high and the opening scene is very effective to set the tone for the movie uh i didn't love the whole movie but for what it was for like a a stalker pseudo supernatural thriller it was pretty good uh i watched 
Come to Daddy, starring um, Frodo Baggins, uh, Elijah Wood, directed by Ant Timpson. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of Green Room. Um, it uh, had a kind of innocuous premise of a an estranged son going to visit his estranged father and they haven't seen each other in in a really long time and then some really crazy stuff starts happening uh single setting which i, I really like uh some surprising violence and gore and uh, i i really like elijah wood quite a bit i also watched memory the origins of alien uh documentary that came out uh in 2019 about Alien, the making of Alien and the uh, the inception of it. It was pretty fun. I liked it. Uh, celebrated a lot of filmmaking genius. And I also watched Young Sherlock Holmes. It's kind of fun. Little uh, little movie from the uh, the nineteen eighties with some interesting practical effects. And I watched Spaceballs as well um oh and one other thing i watched um oh it just came out on prime uh it's a lady's name it's not shelly i'm blanking um it's about the author who wrote uh the i'm sorry pretend like i don't sound like an idiot i'll try to remember it uh but that's what i watched uh, Thomas, you want to go? Um, sure. You don't sound like an idiot, Mr. Anderson. Oh, thanks. Talking about the movie Shirley? Yes! Did I say I Shelley? Thought... Yeah, you're close. Okay. Yeah, Shelley, I, I saw the trailer. I, I hate prime trailers because when they're done, I have no idea what the film is going to be about. And the trailer for this actually intrigued me, and I watched it, and it... It was fine, um, but it, it wasn't nearly as unusual as I thought it was going to be. But the performance is really strong. It was very uncomfortable. Mostly, it's uh, it's a movie about watching uh, two people just be complete douchebags to other people and each other. Um, but uh, it was tense. It reminded me of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Which, all things considered, I think is a, a better film. But I, I didn't not like it. Uh, I thought that it was... It was fine. Thank you, Cameron, for reminding me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, I watched Upgrade. I think that's a, another Lee one l one, right? I'm not sure. It's about like a, it's about a, a guy who gets mugged and paralyzed and then he kind of has like a Robocop type operation. Okay. Uh, I, I believe it was Lee Whannell who directed it. Okay. Um, it's all right. Um, there's some interesting practical effects in it. I think that, I think it's practical effects. Um, it's all right. Um, I also watched, and this was a surprisingly good movie, and I think it might be maybe is because of 
the director, but I watched Danny Boyle's Millions, which okay. is a kid's movie, kind of, but then there's also some kind of scary stuff in it, and, like, weird, like, stuff in it, like, weird messages, but it's pretty good. I would recommend it. So that's the second mention for um, Danny Boyle, because I brought up yeah, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. kind of read it with this and completely off base about this it was fun and it 
it showed some patience, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good show. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to episode five uh, in a couple days. Cool. What else? Um, that's all I watched, though. Okay. Uh, let's go with Beverly. What'd you watch? Um, I watched Bridgerton, which I really liked. It's like a period romance kind of thing. I watched it all in one day, so it was pretty good. And the intimate scenes were written really well, and they were acted out well, so that was nice. Um, and then I also watched Alex Strangelove, Marriage Story. I started Night Stalker, which is like the serial killer docuseries on Netflix. And then I watched season two of Attack on Titan, and I started the third season, and I watched The Notebook, which I also really liked. (laughs) What did you think of Marriage Story? Um, I mean, it wasn't, like, my favorite movie ever. Um, I thought, like, it was okay. I had, like, neutral feelings about it, you know? Also, my, my dad was watching it with me, so he kind of, like, interrupted it. He was like, wow, Adam, Adam Driver's so ugly in this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I disagree. He's a distinct-looking guy. I don't know if I yeah. ugly. Uh, I, the, the performances... Uh, like he had in that specific scene in The Last Jedi. In Marriage Story, the performances were pretty strong. And it did a good job of, of showing multiple sides to their relationships. It would, it would release little bits of information as you went that would make you reevaluate things. Okay, Cameron, what'd you watch? Um, I watched uh, Pride and Prejudice, which was amazing. I watched Wolf of Wall Street for my media studies ISU. And wow, that was great. Um, Isn't it hard to believe that that was made by a geriatric? Like, it's yucky to think about. (laughs) I don't think it's yucky. It's just, I'm just, the energy of the movie is so excessive. Like like a 20-year-old man, and you see little Mr. Scorsese. (laughs) He's so cute with his monstrous (laughs) glasses. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was amazing. I had to watch it with my door shut. Mm-hmm. But good movie. I watched Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And then I also watched The Aviator for my media studies ICO. I watched Boys in the Hood with my brother. And that was like really, really good. Very emotional. Um, on the contrary to that, I watched Kiki's Delivery Service and Enola Holmes. Uh, I watched Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which so far is my favorite Harry Potter movie, and then Goblet of Fire, The Order of the Phoenix, and I started uh, American Horror Story Murder House, which is good. Which season is that? I don't know. Okay. I, I watched the first couple episodes of the first season, and for whatever reason, never never finished it. Yeah. Is it worth going back to? Um, I don't know. I watch it on American Netflix, so I have to like change my VPN for that. 
and I can't, like, watch it on, like, a TV. I have to watch it on my laptop, which I don't really like doing, so, like, I don't know. I haven't really been watching it very much, so I'm not, like, super into it to the point where I can be like, yeah, you have to keep watching it. Okay. All right. Uh, are you done? I am. Perfect. Jack. Okay. Got to uh, gotta figure out the memory. I didn't write anything down. Um, well, I know I watched uh, Ocean's Eleven. It's fun. Uh, that one was fun. Like the uh, the whole concept of it, of how it how it ended. It was very really like the ending of that movie. How they uh, how it ended, but I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, what else? I already discussed. I watched the first four episodes of Bone Division. Great talking about that. Okay. If you think I really of anything, I need to write this down. That's okay. Uh, if you think of anything else, let us know. I watched more than what I said, but I don't remember. That's okay. Uh, Grayson, what'd you get into? Um, I watched uh, a lot of stuff. I've uh, been really getting into rewatching a lot of animated stuff, but uh, I'm just gonna like, say a couple of more recent things that I enjoyed, which was uh. Community from 2009, and which I I think was really well done. Just how they every episode is like they have some new uh, like trope or something that they're playing off of, and uh, I, I just really enjoyed all the references and the characters in that show, and yeah. But uh, I also watched uh, The Queen's Gambit, which is a newer show. And uh, it's about, I'm not sure if everyone's seen it, but it's about, um, it's about uh, a girl who, who um, she, she learns chess from, well, in a, uh, is it a foster home? Is that the correct term? Yeah, it's uh, it's a girl's home, like a, a home for homeless okay. girls. Yeah. yeah, so she learns chess while in this home, and uh, she gets better at, at it by taking... Uh, uh, I guess I could say drugs of some kind. And uh, it's interesting just seeing how she copes with it and trying to, like, veer off of the way she's getting better at the game. And it's... It, I also found, like, it's very interesting because there's not a real bad guy character in it. There's more just small bad characters that end up becoming good characters in the end. And so it's it's never like you're always thinking, oh, she's got to beat the, the evil person. It's always just her trying to overcome her small, like, obstacles. 
which I found interesting. It's a nice looking show too. Yes. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I I have a lot of other things that I watched, but I I know you got to get going like soonish, so I don't want to take up a lot of time. Okay. Kewen, what do you got? Okay, so I watched uh, the new-ish Netflix show Snowpiercer. Um, it's all right. I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I thought it was entertaining enough. Um, Have you I'm seen the movie? Keeping up to date. Sorry. Have you seen the movie? Snowpiercer movie? Yes. No. Okay. I I recommend I, you find that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty. Good. I second that. It's a it's a it's a good one. Some uh, I I train punches through blocks of ice, which is uh, <laughs> a pretty exciting bit. Sounds awesome. Um, I'm keeping up to date with um, the new Attack on Titan episodes that are coming out. It's uh, really good. I don't know why people are hating on its animation. I think it's fine, but... uh, I watched Demon Slayer and Howl's Moving Castle. Around two hours ago, I just watched My Neighbor Totoro, which I thought was good. And um, I'm getting into Cowboy Bebop right now. Uh, And that show has been really good as well. You're liking the Studio Ghibli? I, I went on a Studio Ghibli rampage a few months ago, and... I never got to those two, so I decided I might as well. i still looking for Grave of the Fireflies, but I can't seem to find it on Netflix, so I'll have to go somewhere else. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so, any news items anybody would be keen on bringing up? Cameron usually has something. Kind of. Um, the movie directed by Sia came out and has a lot of controversy right now surrounding um, like people on the autism spectrum. Um, and I've just been reading up a lot about like people's response to it, and it's not good at all. Oh. Um, Why not? Um, so, basically, Sia directed a movie about, like, a girl who's on the autism spectrum, um, and people are, first of all, unhappy that the part is played by Maddie Ziegler, who is not on the autism spectrum, um, so they're getting misrepresentation there, and also the movie is filled with just sensory overload, um, so people that are on the spectrum and do want to see a movie where they are represented, they actually can't. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I was reading a lot of stuff on Letterboxd about it, and, yeah, it's got people really fired up, and I can see why. But that's the only news that I have. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lot of news either, but, uh, it looks like Darren Aronofsky is slated to make a horror movie for 
Bloom House, which I think is is kind of interesting. Uh, Aronofsky's movies are sometimes hit and miss with a lot of people, but they're they're always interesting and uh, and challenging. Uh, his most recent was Mother, uh, and before that he did the um, the Noah film, and he did Rec Room for a Dream, um, and um, the Fountain is a, a really interesting one. So to see him really embrace horror, I think, is something I'd be interested in. Uh, but uh, maybe the downside of that is apparently he's going to be working with Jared Leto, which uh, he, he irks me a little bit. He works with him a lot, right? Uh, he was in Requiem for a Dream. Um, I'm not familiar of any other times that they've worked together, though. Mm. Do you remember another time? I I don't. I what all has he done? I think he did. Did he do Black Swan? He did Black Swan, and he did The Wrestler. I think those are the ones that I left off. I feel like the only thing I've seen is Black Swan. It's good. Uh, I, I, I really like the wrestler, although I think you you might have to look past the, the subject matter of wrestling or really enjoy it, maybe, because it, it's pretty steeped in that. I really like uh, The Fountain as well. And Rec Room for a Dream, I think everybody should see it, uh, but it's uh, an experience that I never want to go through again. good experience or a bad experience uh a bad like a it's it's an incredible film but it it disturbed me and affected me in ways that i i i did not want to be affected and do not want to be affected again it filled me with so much anxiety um that uh i didn't know if i could get past the first 15 minutes But very well made, very effective in what it's trying to do. It's it's an anti-drug uh, film, and it, it does that really, really well. But it's not for the faint of heart. It's uh, it's also was it also the sorry. No, go for it. Um, wasn't it also the origin? Was that was it the origin of the Snorri cam or was that was there another movie before then? Uh, he, oh no, there's, he did Pi as well. That was his first movie. Uh, the Snorri Cam might have been in Pi, um, but the first time I remember seeing it was in Requiem for a Dream. And, and I think he gets credit of, of developing that, and he also developed the, the hip-hop montage, which you see borrowed quite a bit, um, it's just like the, the really fast sort of, um, editing snip 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 and you see that in um like Shaun of the dead and uh in those other movies from the cornetto trilogy and other films too okay uh shall we move on to our review of jojo rabbit yes yeah okay fantastic uh, this Podcasting in completely separate houses is supernatural. Okay, so uh, Jojo Rabbit 
was directed and I also believe written by and produced by Taika Waititi. Uh, according to the Internet Movie Database, it is described as a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home, which I don't think really gives a, a clear vision of what the movie is about. But it's what we watched, and it's starring Roman Griffin Davis, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, Rebel Wilson. It's a uh, Taika Waititi's in it as well. Uh, what did you guys think of Jojo Rabbit? I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was adorable. Adorable. Yeah, yeah, but, like, in, like, the most, like, interesting way. Unconventional way. Okay. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Okay. I feel like this movie, though I liked it, I don't think I liked it as much as some of his other stuff. Um, and I feel like... Thor, him getting to direct Thor Ragnarok, which was like his first, like, that was like a huge movie compared to the other ones he had done prior to that. I feel like that's kind of moved him away from his, like, even though Jojo Rabbit isn't a, you know, it's not a, a Marvel or like a Disney movie or whatever, it, I feel like it's moved him away from, like, his indie roots, I guess you would say. Like, his movies before Thor Ragnarok used to just be, like, they were, I think it was, like, mostly um, New Zealand. Like, it was mostly just, like, little indie films um, with New Zealand actors. But after Thor Ragnarok, you know, like, Scarlett Johansson is in Jojo Rabbit and Sam Rockwell and, you know, Stephen Merchant and all these other bigger-named people, you know? Okay, so... I feel like it's almost maybe taken away from his... I still like the movie, and I like Thor Ragnarok, but I feel like after that, it kind of took his career in another direction. So other than the cast, what is it that kind of bothers you about this change? Well... I don't know, does it maybe, I don't know if I really have many other problems. I don't really, it's not like a huge deal for me. I just feel like it's kind of, like he was a more small time director. Now he's kind of like a pretty big director. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering where you see that. I, I, I can understand you having a, a problem with that movement. But like, what about this movie, other than the cast, seems like a big-time director movie? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. So, see, this is maybe where, like, I'm stuck. Because maybe it's not really that much different. Okay. I think it, may, I think it probably is the cast that maybe is the big... Maybe, I, I wonder if maybe it's a bigger budget, I wonder, than some of his other ones. I would imagine that it, it did have a bigger budget to accommodate the actors, but the actors might have taken the the part just to work with him. 
Perhaps. Uh, it is a larger scope than what we do in the shadows or the hunt for the wilder people. Yeah. The topic is also a lot larger, right? Like dealing with the Holocaust and Nazi Germany and World War Two. Those are all pretty, pretty huge ideas. I'm not sure that you see a lot of money on screen. It's not like the sets are really elaborate or the costumes are elaborate or there's lots of special effects. Um, I would probably say that uh, what we do in the shadows is probably more effects written than, than this movie. Casting, yeah, perhaps. There, casting can get in the way, though. And all that. Yeah. Casting can get in the way, too, if it distracts you. Um, to be honest, I was distracted when I saw Scarlett Johansson. I, I, I'd forgotten that she was in it, and when she came in, I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, hey, that's Sam Rockwell and Rebel Wilson. And so it that did take me out of the movie a, to a degree. Beverly, what'd you think? Um, well, I didn't read the description or look at, like, the poster thing when I started watching it. So I was really surprised at the beginning when he's, like, hailing Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) I had to rewind it and make sure I saw what I saw. Um, I think that's the perfect way to see this. Okay. Uh, Jack. Yeah? What'd you think of Jojo Rabbit? Oh, well, so I went into it, like, completely blind, not knowing the movie. And I was like... So I got to the that first uh, scene where uh, Jojo goes to that, that weekend camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I start to watch what's going on. I was like, wait, is this a comedy movie? <laughs> Because of the dumb, all the dumb stuff that was going on, especially the uh, with the captain, I can't remember his name, but he just started he just started messing around, and I was like, "What?" So then I went to Google what most people considered like the genre of the movie to be, and it was like a comedy. And I was like, "Oh, it is." A lot of the humor is pretty deadpan. Yeah, I. Uh, Really enjoyed that, and I also felt like, yeah, like, every time every time a group of people entered the room, it was just a nice, like, 30 seconds to a minute long scene of Hail Hitler, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I did enjoy and it, too. Every time I saw a group of people, it was just like, they all have to Hail Hitler, and then it was good. That's a good gag. And I really enjoyed it, though, because there were, there were some actually, it wasn't all comedy, there were some actually kind of, like, deep scenes like the one where he found his mother hang <laughs> upsetting <laughs> he was upset about that and then the whole there's the whole the war world war ii aspect which is such a horrible thing but also it's a comedy at the same time so it's like complete opposites mm-hmm. yeah but it works somehow and i don't know how he does it i think it does balance that humor and tragedy and and heaviness in in a way that's kind of surprising given a lot of the a lot of the goofiness that that's yeah because there's a lot of goofy parts but there's also a lot of parts where it it 
more serious. Yeah. Uh, Grayson, what'd you think? Um, I did not get a chance to fully see it, so. Okay. Uh, but I did get a good rundown of the story, okay. and it sounds like a good movie. Okay. <laughs> How much do you think you would love it if you actually watched it? Um, I, I'd say probably 80 to 92 percent. Okay, good. I really liked the movie. I thought a, um, any aspect of it was that it was, it was clearly about World War II and everything like that, but it was also, um, you, like, rarely see any of the war, and it kind of, uh, mirrors how Jojo would see everything in, like, child's eyes. You don't really see much happening that's bad, except for his one town. You don't see war out all over the place. Um, and for a movie about World War II, I thought that was neat. Um, and I did think the humor was also very well done. I did enjoy it. Okay. I, I like this movie a lot, too. I, I, there's something that is keeping me away from loving it. Uh, and I'm not sure that I can really put my finger on it. But I, I did really enjoy it a lot. And what I, I, I thought was really uh, well done about it is, is its balancing of, of the different emotions. That there can be outrage and there can be uh, scary things and there can be sad things. And then funny things happening so close together, I, I think shows strength of, of script and cast and, and filmmaking as well. It really reminded me of a Wes Anderson movie. I was just going to say that. It's a Wes Anderson movie with emotion. So that that's what there I was... Are, I there was thinking that too. But if, we, if you go back to the Royal Tenenbaums... There's emotion in that too, and it seemed like somewhere maybe after Royal Tenenbaums, maybe after Darjeeling Limited, the emotion like it, it became cold. It's like he's playing with dolls mm-hmm. instead of people, and this felt like yeah, like Wes Anderson, but with an emotional bent to it. Mm-hmm. Well, even Royal Tenenbaums, like it's still not like real emotion like the the bathroom scene in real time moms is not like as heavy as it, i think it would have been if it was like i don't know if that makes sense uh i do not agree with you really <laughs> really oh, I, I find that scene very moving but at the same time it might be the music doing a lot of the heavy lifting there but i i i really like that and i i feel a lot in there with with royal and in the other characters mm. and uh even when um at the end when the the one son comes up to his dad and he's like i've been having a hard time dad like that gets me i, I feel like there's there's heart in that movie and there i think there's a little bit of heart in rushmore but that's more of a i think a pure comedy thomas was going to say something about uh the wes anderson comparison there are definitely there are definitely some 
shots in there where it feels like everything it's kind of framed up you know there's everything is kind of contained in one frame i think one that uh personally comes to my mind is when uh they're in the swimming pool uh and i think it's when i think it's a shot of like outside of the swimming pool like on the pool deck and uh sam rockwell's character i think captain k is maybe his name i'm not 100 percent sure yeah you could try to pronounce his last name sorry you could try to pronounce his last name it's kleisendorf i think um so his character um um his character and then uh the uh, the other general was was he a general who was um uh the other soldier who uh he was close with finkel yeah I yeah think so. i think he but, was just a a soldier okay so those two and then i think jojo and rebel wilson's character and they're all kind of framed inside this kind of like indent in the wall that felt kind of wes anderson-y i, I felt like a lot was wes anderson like there's a lot of symmetry when you get a shot of a person they're dead center in the screen it had his color palette of, of yellows and oranges and greens and and then uh you have these kid characters they're like youth-centric movies but the kids are behaving like adults like these weird versions of of grown-up people yeah yeah i didn't i didn't even think about that but yeah about yeah that's true what about are are the adults acting like kids in this i mean maybe maybe hitler but he's kind of an extension of jojo yeah but maybe he's is he more of the kid friendly or is not kid friendly but he is is he more of like the the kid version of jojo or yeah i think but it, it's that wes anderson thing where you have the adults acting as kids and kids acting as adults uh sam rockwell is is kiddish as well as captain k uh but not nearly mm-hmm. as as kind of devoid of emotion and um and character maybe as a wes anderson would um, a childlike aspect to the grown-ups would be um like spreading false legends on uh jewish people like mm-hmm. saying they have a snake tongue horns forearms that sort of stuff it's pretty childish to do that yeah and the rebel rebel wilson character uh she she does that quite a bit yeah she's kind of goofy and over the top oh yeah like just yeah just like saying like uh like a, a jewish person like did this and then something completely unrelated happened like he like my uncle drowned but it was still the jewish person's fault like things <laughs> yeah. that are just like so unbelievable like like just so like to the point where it's like what that that doesn't there's that doesn't make any sense at all mm-hmm. yeah should we do favorite scenes least favorite scenes 
I will go with my least favorite scene. And it's when Jojo is waiting outside the bathroom um, while, oh, what's her name? Elsa? When she's taking a bath. And he gets the butterflies in his stomach. And you see the butterflies in his stomach. It's like an x-ray and you see these little, I don't know, practical butterflies just flapping around. That felt very Wesley. That felt kind of Wes Anderson. That felt like something you would see in like one of his like stop motion. That felt like a like a fantastic Mr. Fox type. Yeah. And you would see in that. The shot I liked, I liked how on the nose it was because it's a little kid feeling these emotions maybe for the first time. And I like that. But in context for the rest of the movie, it felt really out of place. So seeing that, I, I wanted more of that sort of fantasy, that kid sort of fantasy to infect the way that the rest of the movie was, was made. Um, but I felt like having that included just, it opened up a door that the movie didn't really want to enter. And so it, it just felt like a a weird choice to have in there if they weren't going to sort of pepper that through the rest of the film. Any other scenes or anything that bothered anyone? There's the casting, apparently, for Thomas. I, I, I like the cast, but I, I think everybody in the cast does a pretty good job, but, but there is that definite shift in from, like, kind of New Zealand, mostly New Zealand actors to a lot of... Not saying that the... Uh, New Zealand actors that he would use in his other movies weren't aren't uh, like big actors because I'm not too familiar with everyone in his who's in his other movies, but there's definitely big name actors in this, whereas in his other ones there maybe isn't as much. But I still like everyone in it. Okay. Any problems anybody had with it? No? No. Okay. Favorite scenes? I like the the little kid Yorkie, I think that's what his name was. <laughs> yeah. And the war just ended and he wants to go home and cuddle with his mom. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's that. yeah, that's very that's very relatable. <laughs> like he just went from like fighting in the war and he's like, I gotta go home and cuddle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any scene with that kid in it was gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was adorable. My favorite scene, uh, I think Jack mentioned it earlier, was when Jojo finds his mom. But the context of that scene, maybe not the context, but the the sequence is phenomenal. It starts out with him looking at the posters that he had put up earlier, the propaganda, and they were peeling off the wall. And then he looks down and he sees this little butterfly. And then he follows this butterfly. And so it's kind of like he, he's, it's showing maybe his, his realization that, that what he's been doing has been kind of fruitless or it, it's not essential or it, it's, it's a waste of his time. And then he sees this butterfly, this kind of thing of beauty and, and rebirth, which is... Uh, maybe connected with with his mom being dead but we don't know that yet he follows it um and it's kind of like a childish thing 
where he's following this butterfly and then he looks up and he sees his mom's or he doesn't even see it he's just standing beside it in that reveal where we see him looking after the butterfly and then we see his mom's shoes which were shown multiple times throughout the movie so we know that they're definitely hers we see them beside him and it's a moment of realization then he turns and he looks and he he hugs her and it's just a really nice sequence of his loss of innocence to go from the the propaganda to the butterfly to his mom's shoes and then he just sits and he watches his mom dangle and then it cuts to all of these window shots but they're like roof dormer shots and they're all kind of rounded and they all kind of look they, they come in pairs so they look like eyes and it, it could suggest that like germany is watching it but with the rounded kind of structure of these dormers it, it looks like upset sort of frowning eyes looking down on him and it's just a, a beautiful but not uh maybe overt series of of shots and developments i i had noticed that face thing i was like those look kind of like faces and that is a very that is a pretty sad scene because and it, it's pretty shocking like if you because i saw this in theaters and i didn't you know i didn't i i didn't know that was gonna happen i was like oh man and, the, and like he, he tries to tie her shoe right but he yeah. doesn't uh, yeah. no that's i think he ties really it upsetting. that's that's pretty upsetting and then he just the way he's just like hugging her mm-hmm. is really and he's just like crying that's that's pretty upsetting i think i gasped yeah. when i saw the shoes not not like a, a hereditary gasp, but I, yeah. I think I I think I gasped. Uh, other favorite scenes? Anyone? Anyone? Um, I liked when Jojo and his mom were dancing, and I think it was their living room. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was, like, sweet or, like, a nice change from the rest of it. It was sweet. And she had just done that impersonation of his dad with the sit on her face. Yeah. I'm not sure if I have, like, a favorite scene. I was kind of consistently enjoying the movie. But there's this um one part in the movie when i first watched it which was a while ago uh i think jojo had lied saying that the germans had won the war to the girl Mm -hmm. and then he left and he came back and i remember thinking oh god did she kill herself oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) the war and she came out. I was like, "That is, I hate that. I thought that for a moment." But yeah, that's funny. I was okay. kind of thinking of the same thing because, like, she looked really like sad and helpless. I was like, "Oh no, is she gonna like kill herself in there?" Because I know she has knives in there. So yeah. I was a little worried. His knife. Her performance was pretty good too. I think Ilsa's. Um, Thomason. Is that who played, um, she was in The Witch? 
no. Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering. She looked really familiar, and then I went to her like thing, and she wasn't in anything that I've seen. Okay, just Thomason is a an unusual and familiar name. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I don't know if I've seen anything that she's in. Okay. Right. Any other uh, any other scenes of? I uh, like the scene where. Uh... The whole scene in the forest where, uh, right after they, um, Jojo doesn't kill the, the rabbit and then they get, then he gets his nickname, like mm-hmm. right after where, uh, we kind of start to learn more about like his, him and his imaginary Hitler buddy, mm-hmm. where they start, they start having fun. So it's like, it starts off genuine, but then he, then he just runs into the, where the grenade demonstration and the slope. <laughs> it's so, it's so dumb but like sad at the same time where he slow motion grabs the stick grenade and then he tries to throw it and it hits the tree and then bounces back on him and then he he explodes and he just goes flying the scene afterwards where he's in the hospital but it's like yeah when he's in the hospital it's like and he he only has like a few scars it's like you just ate a grenade in no, I was thinking when he's in the hospital and he's on the gurney and the camera's kind of in his perspective um, as he's being pushed away and we see Hitler following after the, the gurney and he gives a thumbs up and his arm's all bloody. Yeah. That was perfect. Uh, the whole, that whole sequence was very was very unique because it's... Especially thought the imaginary Hitler was unique because it, it kind of shows like all his beliefs that he... Uh, who only believes in Hitler's whole mess. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very, he's so far, and just as a kid, like, what it does to to kids, like, you can, there's points in the movie, you know, that Jojo, where he's just like, if you don't have the, the blonde hair, blue eyes, and all that, you're, you don't belong. Like, he's that far gone at some points. Yeah. One thing that I would have liked in the movie would have been a little more of a, a serious uh, confrontation with Hitler. Yeah. I think that... So I didn't remember. I was fun. <laughs> but Hitler is, is goofy. There, there's a couple times where it seems like he's making a, a serious statement, but then he turns into a cartoon character. I, I think it would have been nice for there to be a, like, something a little bit more serious with him so when jojo pulls away that there's yeah that has a little more weight instead of it always having a a humorous punchline there is that one moment when he was sitting at the kitchen table and hitler started like yelling at him mm-hmm. and his voice sort of it, it started to echo kind mm-hmm. of like he was in a stadium or something which yeah is how we would present speeches. Mm-hmm. And the mannerisms were there, like the gestures for Hitler. It happened, I think, in Jojo's bedroom as well, when he's talking about getting rid of Elsa. But there's always yeah, like he a... Really, he really gets like... Yeah, his, he really changes there. But it ends up... Be, like, there's always a, a punchline at the end. 
There's always a, a goofy bit, and and at the end, before he gets kicked through the window, it's the there's the little joke about like just give me a little hile, like it, it, it's fine, and and the humor notes I I think work. I I, I would have just I think that JoJo pulling away from that if it was more serious would have made it a little more impactful. But when I when I went to see uh, the movie in theaters with some. Uh, Audited Film Society alumni, and uh, uh, it was Hunter and Josh and one of their friends. Um, I can't remember who who said it, but like I think one of them kind of had a similar. I, I don't quote me on this because it was it was a couple years ago, but I think I have I have some memory of one of them thinking that he could have been a little bit more serious too. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I thought he was hilarious, and that treatment of Hitler is interesting, uh, refreshing. Is it? Do you find it? Is it in poor taste? Maybe that they're making light of a major war of the Holocaust of, of Hitler, who's a monster. Is is there something wrong in that treatment? Yeah, there was a lot of talk about that when it was like up for the Oscars and stuff like that. Um. But, like, I don't really know, like, I can't speak for other people that were, like, affected by it directly. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's, like, I think, um, what they did for, like, uh, the movie itself, dark humor is, uh, a very common way to deal with tragedy. So, I think portraying that in the form of a movie holds merit to some point but i also think that you mentioned before that you really like the movie but you can't say that you love it Mm -hmm. i feel like the topic is what holds you and also myself from saying that you love the movie it just seems weird to say that about a movie about a tragedy like that like a hitler buddy comedy is an interesting idea Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe what I was looking for was, was more an emotional, more of an emotional punch. Yeah. And and there's a good one in there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe one of those movies that starts out like a tr- like a comedy, but then becomes a tragedy at the end. Yeah. Like when his mom dies, they could have just like taken it kind of from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, the scene when the Gestapo uh, goes in is great. Yeah, go for it. Um, Again, I think I'd have to agree with Kewen that I don't know if I exactly have a favorite scene in there. Like, kind of, you know, it's kind of throughout. There's some good moments here and there. Um, One thing I would like to point out, and I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but I definitely was getting some... Uh, shining vibes from when Jojo discovers Elsa in the in the uh, crawl space. It like that little crawl space, like mm-hmm. the music and like the way, like I guess specifically, kind of like the music and I, I guess also like like the shower scene in the Shining, like the way like she like kind of like 
pulls her hand out is I'm like it's kind of and the way he's kind of like all freaked out and he's kind of like running away like backwards mm-hmm. and like it's kind of like this slow like burn like what is like who could it be kind of uh, you know who's behind there I, I didn't um, get shining vibes per se but it definitely was pulling uh, horror conventions out Yeah. And I think also the the pattern of the wallpaper kind of reminded me of the shining carpet a little bit. Uh, I can see that. It was kind of a similar orangey design. All right. Okay. Uh, anybody else have anything they'd like to offer before we grade it up? I will take your silence as a no. Uh, okay, <laughs> I I will grade this as an A. I really enjoyed it, and it's a movie that I want to share with other people. It's a movie that I want to sit down and watch with other people, which is a really good sign for me, and I want to watch it again. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to improve my appreciation i think it's really clever i think it's really funny i think it's balanced pretty well um but i think the only the only thing really holding me back is that i wanted a little bit more i think of an emotional impact uh we already had grayson tell us that he'd probably give it somewhere in an a range uh Q&N. Uh, I, I would say, uh, similar to No Country for Old Men, I would probably give it an A minus somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, I, I did really like it. It wasn't too special. There were some nice moments, but for the most part, it was consistently good. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack. I would give a. I would also give it like an A. Okay. So. Just, uh, I really enjoyed how the movie was structured, just the way it worked. But I, but I, yeah, like I can agree with the reason I wouldn't give it like more of a perfect score. Is also because like. It's lacking some. I feel like some emotional moments where it should be more emotional than funny, at times. Okay. Bev. Um, I'd probably give it like a B plus, maybe an A minus, because like it was nice, it was sweet, it was funny. There were a bit more serious ones at the end. Um, it made me cry a couple times, oh. but I also cried everything. So. <laughs> Did you cry yeah. during Mary's story? No, I didn't. Huh. Okay. Thomas. Um, I'd say maybe like a B. Okay. <laughs> Cameron. Um, I'll give it an A. Um, I thought it was really cute, and I'll watch it again. But like, it's just, it's a good movie. <laughs> I think it's good for a lot of audiences too. Like, it, it, it's not too heavy that you couldn't watch it with somebody maybe younger, more sensitive. Um, but it's irreverent enough that I think 
almost anybody would get a kick out of it. And this is something that I didn't mention, which I think probably should. For a comedy, I don't remember any jokes not landing. Like, yeah. usually when I watch a comedy, I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then that's not, that's not, that's not, oh, that one's funny. And it's kind of like a lot of comedies are situated where they, they throw as many things at the wall and they try to see what sticks. This one, it yeah. felt like when they went for a joke, it, they landed. Yeah. And there were times, and I watched it alone, there were times when I laughed out loud and that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a comedy, and, and maybe I'm judging it by standards that it's not trying to hit. Maybe it's maybe it's not trying to be much more than a comedy. Um, and basing it by a comedy, it made me laugh. And I think the jokes were, were clever and funny. Mm-hmm. And I think delivery, too, also helps. That the fact that the writer is, like, and Hitler. Yeah. He is Hitler. So, like, he wrote the jokes for himself. Yeah. So, I think he also was able to keep himself in mind. It, that's me. Which helps. That's another thing. Like, it was kind of hard to dislike Hitler. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, Taika yeah. he's, he's so... He's adorable. Yeah. So that's... I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of a catch-22. But yeah. it did. Everybody seemed to, to like it okay, so that's nice. Uh, we have to wrap this up soon. Uh, does anybody have a food pairing? I would say... Like, I don't know. I feel like schnitzel and a glass of wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Non-alcoholic wine, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. But schnitzel either. That's my answer. I was thinking a a cup of really bitter coffee with uh, some sugar and frothed with whipped cream um for the bitter kind of sweetness of it i also felt like uh when things get a little sad it's nice to have something warm something kind of comforty in some of the movie i felt there was comfort there's comfort in jojo's mom there's comfort in the relationship between him and elsa as well sam rockwell's character i thought had interesting growth too how he protected jojo at the end Oh, and I loved his costume when he went out fighting later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he... I, I really liked that. That was, that was, that was... A oh, yeah, his, his costume was just ridiculous. I saw the costume, I was like, oh, what is that? And the eye makeup. And it, it kind of goes back to the... He did a drawing earlier of a guy with a machine gun with a... With, like, a record player on it. And that's what his, his boyfriend had the record player and he was playing it behind him and he was shooting the machine gun. That was cute. I, I think my food pairing would maybe be, uh, like, a unicorn meat. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's, 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 really... that's what they're eating at the dinner table. That's, uh, that's quite unique. Where, where, where would you find this? Um, where can I go? Uh, on the top of a mountain, about uh, 6,000 miles away from... Where you are right now. <laughs> Sick. It also goes along with the uh, the imaginary Hitler too. 
Is that where he does he live on the mountain too? No, he was just imaginary, like unicorns are. Yeah. Yeah, Halo lives in a bunker, remember? Okay, other food pairings. Thomas, I found it really funny that you said unicorn meat because I was gonna say a steak with sprinkles on it. <laughs> oh, that, that that yeah, that's maybe a bit more of a realistic. If we're going for realistic food pairings, that one maybe works a little bit better. But it still yeah, has the whimsicalness. Yeah, because steak and sprinkles are totally realistic. <laughs> well, it's maybe a little bit more realistic than a unicorn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bev, do you have a food pairing? Um, I have simply chopped walnuts and strawberries. Mm. Would you like to explain? (laughs) Um, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That'll do it for uh, the podcast uh, today. Uh, we'll come back maybe in a, in a week or so. We'll see how our schedules kind of shape up with school because things are kind of wonky. I think we just got an announcement. I will read it later. Uh, so I'll, uh, get back to you guys about, uh, some possible movie selections and I hope your second semester of schooling goes well. Thanks. Thank you. We hope yours goes well too, Mr. Anderson. Thanks. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Um, Okay. Uh, That was a joke, by the way. Maybe a joke. Are you sure? Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. (laughs) I don't think anybody would. Okay. Uh, So thanks, guys, for joining. Thank you for anybody listening. And uh, we'll talk next time. Have an A1 day, listeners. Sabala, dog, sabala, dog, sabala.